Let's go. Okay. Yeah. All right, everyone. Happy. Yeah. All right. Great. Perfect. You can see everyone. Cool. Here we go. <clears throat> I'm a little bit rusty, I must say. <laughs> Hello and welcome to MMA Uncaged. It's been some time since we were all together chatting about all things MMA, but finally. Uh, we've managed to uh, get our busy schedules uh, in place. Uh, joining me as always, he's MMA royalty. He's one of the best judges on the continent. And his name, Justin Ferry, of course. And it's my pleasure to welcome uh, a former two-time EFC champion, a guy who is, I consider, a friend of mine, Adam Speechley. Thank you for your time as always. Adam, uh, let's start with you, man. What have you been up to these sure. days? How's the life of physio going? And have we seen caveman speechly come out of late? <laughs> yeah, it's been a yeah, it's, it's been quite an adjustment. Um, you know, you know, life, you know, outside life outside of fighting was something that wasn't my forte, and I I had to learn. And yeah, it, I've bumped my head a few times, but it's you know, it's 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 it's, it's bared some fruit, and you know, I think I've been very lucky to have the footsteps of my father to follow in and you know it's uh, yeah like I, I've I, I've got a clear path ahead and it, it feels right so it's probably the closest I've felt to like a, a certain path since probably my fighting days so it's yeah I'm in a good space thank you for having me because it's always nice mm -hmm. to reminisce on how, how it was <laughs> and to see where where it's going it's really exciting well it's an honor to have you on um Big J, what are your your memories of of uh, Adam Speechy? Obviously, with your ties with Dallas over the years in in EFC, you know you had uh, Adam on the other side of of the hexagon. What are you some of your memories of of the prodigy? Nothing, nothing but pleasant. The first time uh, was Dallas and Adam's first fight was uh, at the exhibition center for Fight Force in Durban, and it was a long, it was hundred years ago, uh, like I say, <laughs> and it was. <laughs> us trying to be macho and uh, my team and we were just aggressive and Adam was just smiling. Uh, and it's hard to, I understand it now. Uh, he had clicked onto it early. I understand it now, but it's, it was hard for us to fight somebody that is a nice guy. Um, you get over that when you get more professional. And I say we I always involve myself in, in the fighting. But yes, nothing but pleasant, even though I remember you choking Dallas out with a triangle choke, never forget it, at the death. Um, sure. And then Hector Brits trying to put ice in Dallas's mouth, but almost choking him. Um, <laughs> it was, it was, yeah. And then, it, and then uh, Dallas's career progressed and everybody moved over to EFC. Uh, and then it was a second time to fight and it was different because... Yeah, you were fighting somebody that you shook his hand and who was owned nothing but pleasant. We've never had a disagreement. We've never had, there's never, he's, he's, he's been nice. I've judged his fights. He's been gracious in both winning and losing. Uh, it was, it almost, you're too smart to fight is, is almost what I, what I would think. Uh, but nothing, nothing but good memories and nothing but pleasant and great walkout songs. Old school pop, my favorites. So <laughs> <laughs> a broad spectrum of my memories of Adam. Uh, Adam, how did 
How did you choose your walkout songs? I mean, was it something that you you kind of felt in the moment or was it something that you you always had in the back of your mind? Because you, as Justin says, you're a highly intelligent guy, a physiotherapist, a professional physiotherapist at that. But give us some insight into Adam Speechy, the fighter, walkout songs, preparation for fights, that sort of thing. Sure. Um, okay, so just first off again, just to honor Justin in this case, like, I can tell you, everyone's a lot of people have always asked me who's my toughest fight, and you know, it's always been like, yeah, each fight's its own kind of tough. But I can tell you, I think both my fights with Dallas, and especially that first one, I can tell you, I've never been that gassed in my entire life. Like, I literally remember, <laughs> there's, do you remember Justin from Sprawl, Nevada? Uh, yes. Anyway, he, he was at the back of that fight, and like he came to say well done to me afterwards, and I couldn't even speak to him because I was just like out of breath, like, you know, yeah, it was. <laughs> does real the real deep end man and yeah i mean i think and also with dallas that was the first time we went five rounds it you know me and him we yeah we got we gave ourselves a lot of we 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 found some real good territory there we found out a lot about ourselves from each other and you know that's what the sport's about um yeah back to back to entrance songs um you know like i always i always had this thing to like I always, since I was a kid, like I always wanted to like impress people by playing a cool song. Like that thing <laughs> made me happier than playing a cool song and checking out like bob their heads. And you know, for me with entrance songs, it's almost like some of them I would say I, I knew already, like probably from the outset, like two three months before what song it would be. Some of them like only came to me like a like a week before. You know, it would pop up randomly on the radio and I'm like ah, that's a tune. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna walk out to that. So yeah, it, it was more. There's a bit of both, but a bit of planning and a bit of uh, improv, you know, like most things these days. Oh, definitely. Um, uh, yeah. Do you have a, I mean, Justin and I would probably, do you have a walkout song, Justin? Would you have a specific, I mean, Biggie Smalls, it would be Notorious yeah, B.I.G., wouldn't it? Be Notorious B.I.G., it would be probably something laced with profanity, um, but yeah, <laughs> absolutely a Biggie Smalls song. Uh, that's my yeah. man. See, I've like... I would like 10 or, or 12. I could never settle on a walkout song, ever. No way. I don't think it could be an angry song. I, I wouldn't want that. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't need to be there. I would want it mm. to be cool, uh, slick, but not, doesn't have to be like Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, yeah did you, did, yeah, did you see Mike Perry come out to uh, Beyonce's Halo? Um, <laughs> the last, <laughs> but it's a cool song. <laughs> Yeah, he goes, because remember, he's got his pregnant uh, fiance or girlfriend in his corner and he turns to her and he's like, what the F is this? And then she's like, go with it, baby. And he's like, cool. And then he starts singing all the way into the octagon. It was just, it just made it so think, cool. Adam, as, as, as an, think back to when you're an athlete. If yeah. the the fight, if EFC, for example, had gotten the walkout song wrong, would it mm. have thrown you? So... I mean, the closest that happened to me is also like for someone like me, because a lot of my prep, I, I'm a very academic fighter. And it's interesting that we're here because I could probably pull it down, but I'll wait till there's a gap in the conversation. But I've literally got five files of notes that I used to write. Like I've, I treat it like a, a vasty subject. Um, so for every single, you know, and every time I train, I'd write like an assessment on my training, like things I did well, three things I did well, three things I could improve on, and three things I learned. And every time I'd, like, so I really, really took my fighting seriously. And what that gave me at the end is that, at the, we, we know, especially um, you'll know, Justin, being around the fighters is, you know, those, that last fight week's a, a hard time because the guy just wants to train more because he feels like, you know, because he hasn't done enough. And I'd look at this, like, thing of notes like this. And I'm like, no, you, I've put the effort in. 
And yeah. so part of that, yeah. And part of that for me also, I'd write out a visualization. And what I'd actually do as part of my visualization, would I'd, I'd play the song. So as I'm like preparing to walk out, I'd play the song. So it would literally, my body would feel like it's going through this. So the closest thing to not to, to having an intro song kind of not happen was I walked out against um, Nolan Swanepoel the first time and yeah. they played the song really softly. It was Biggie Smalls, I Love the Dough. And, you know, it's a great song on loud. But <laughs> it's a good choice for me. Like, I approve. You know? <laughs> and, and I was like, what the hell is this, man? And, like, actually in that fight, like, I mean, maybe it's me, but, like, you could actually see I was very, like, slow. You know, like, basically, uh, Nolan took the initiative fr from the get-go. I just caught him in a choke. I managed to absorb his pressure. But, you know, like, for me, and I remember after saying, hey, man, you guys got to play that louder next time. And actually, the next fight, when I fought, I fought Abdullah Hamdan, I got knocked out first round. But the fact was, as I said, Yoke's better. When I walked, I'm like, yes, they played the song on loud. Like, I was just happy that they played the song at the right volume. So uh, yeah, I used I to give advice um, that I would say, cool. I mean, uh, a lot of the times, it was, was a rage against a machine walkout song. And I would mm. say, let it be your trigger. Um, and so I, my, my advice to him at the time would be, the five minutes before you 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 get into your to the gym, when you're five minutes away, play that song so it triggers you, um, mm. and it seemed to work for Dallas. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I don't know now. I mean, it, I, I guess it would be a case by case thing. It, it amazes me that you that you would write down um, and study uh, because I thought that you used to be intelligent, but I thought that you were a fighter, and then you then became studious. Uh, mm. And it's amazing that you even then, I mean, you all jujitsu instructors now are like bring a notepad, all good, and uh, bring a notepad to, and, and write down what you're doing and learn mm. like a subject. That's it's refreshing and amazing to hear that you were doing that however many years ago. It's incredible. Yeah, sure. Did anybody teach you that, or was that just that it come naturally? So there was a book called The Mental Athlete that uh, I don't know how I came across it or where I bought it. I think I ordered it online or something in those days. And yeah, like I just, that's what it told me to do. And I thought, okay, like let's do it. And I started doing it and, you know, it, it seemed to help me. I don't, you know, what would happen is like, so if I'm sitting there and I'm, I've got to think and I've got to replay the session I've just done, I'm thinking, hmm, remember this. So it's not so much like if I read the notes now, I'll probably won't remember half the stuff because I, I can't place the context, but immediately afterwards, you almost replay the tape. So like, Remember that sequence when the guy caught you in the triangle? What happened there? Yes, I felt as he pulled my arm, I panicked. And as I panicked, that's when he sunk it in. And now it's like you, you start to recognize the cues that set off certain behaviors or responses. And then you can hopefully be, but you know what the whole thing is for me? It's not about changing. It's just about being aware of it. Once you're aware of it, it just empowers you to then, mm -hmm. if the situation plays out next time, you, you can recognize it rather than it being a kind of stuck record where you're in that space, you don't know what to do, you back off. In the space, don't know what to do, back off. Now it's like you're out the space, you, you've written about it, you put it in black and white, and it kind of takes away the stigma and the like personal like, oh, well, I'm useless because I got tapped. It's like, okay, I put my arm there and I got tapped. Like it's very black and white. It's not personal at all. And it really helps to... Yeah, just take the ego kind of out of it and the personal feelings that kind of come with that. And it, yeah, it just makes it simpler to to move past. At this um this previous UFC uh, that we had over the weekend, um, mm -hmm. Caitlin Chukagian's coach would fire yes. out like 
Pino and he would fi finish, uh, you know, different names. But apparently there was a specific uh, attack or a move or uh, a defensive yeah. position. Is that something you could get behind as an academic fighter? You know, because they change that up for every single fight. Isn't that confusing mm -hmm. too and creates a bit of noise, especially with no fans around? I mean, that's another thing I want yeah. to ask you. What would it be like sure. without fans? Sure. I think, uh, um, and Justin might agree with me on this, like if you go back to the early, early days of fighting, like that happened, you know, you'd have like maybe let's say like 30 to 100 people in the arena and it's like spread out and you just hear like, Kill him! <laughs> me! Me! <laughs> yeah! You know? So, like, you know, it, it, it wouldn't be completely wholly unfamiliar territory, but it's, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think it's, especially if you're used to, if you've gone to UFC and you're used to that crowd, if you've been in that, like, I think it would be, yeah, uh, it, it would be interesting. But the thing to me that I remember, even, you know, even no matter how many times I did it, like, when you're walking out, like, that kind of the, the crowd net is not a factor to you. So it's almost like your, your mind doesn't allow that to enter into the part of your environment that affects you. So it's literally like whatever, it's almost like stoicism 101, but like your, your body forces it onto you. Like that's, if that's what it is, that's what it is. You can be that, or it can be a crowd of everyone supporting your opponent. It's like, mm. it's what it is. Like if you're going to, if you're going to get upset about that, while you're walking out, like you're going to be in deep waters by the time you get in there. So it's not where your mind needs to be. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it, it certainly is a, but it certainly, I mean, look at, I think you can see it in soccer as well. It's certainly adding a big factor. It shows you how much if the crowd inertia for, for some people, I'm sure in fighters as well, it'd be interesting to do a study to see which fighters it's helped and which fighters it's almost uh, hindered. Yeah, exactly. I would say, exactly. from my opinion, the newbies uh, battle battle with it because they are they move more on the ego side of things. Uh, mm. The guys that are there a longer time, uh, stalwarts, etc., they mm. are will be able to adapt to a situation. Like if you had to come back and fight now, you know your methodology. Gareth would know his methodology. He's able to adapt on the fly, etc. But the new guys are doing it. Yes, they love it and all of the other reasons and all the right reasons, but a large portion of it is to go, yeah, with the crowd. Uh, whereas yeah. it's, I don't think it's as important, and this is just a generalization, I, think, I don't think it's as important for the guys that have been there for a while, the more experienced guys. That's, mm. that, but again, that's just my opinion. No, agreed. Um, what is your, uh, I want to ask one. Yeah, carry on, Justin, carry on. Sorry, bro. Aside from Dallas's two fights with you, what is your most memorable fight? And I'm going to tear it up here because I'll tell you what my most memorable fight of you is other than sure. the Dallas fight. Yeah, I want to see. Henry, uh, you shouldn't have answered. You shouldn't have answered because that's what I exactly no, I was going to say. I was going to say, is Adam going to say that? Because I bet you he's going to say that. I, I don't know. I just, I, in my head, I was like, oh, Adam, what are you doing, bro? Because Hercules was on a fucking tear. Sorry. No, he was on he, another level. He, I was like, this man is a killer. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, Adam, why are you taking this fight, bro? And I just can remember, I, I wasn't, I, I watched it as an as a fan. Um, and I, all I can remember in my head is take down, take down, him loading up and take down. <laughs> That's what, that what uh, there was obviously lots of aspects. You may have taken some shots. That I would imagine mm -hmm. you would have taken a couple of hard shots because the man was a beast. Um, yeah. But what is your most memorable fight other than the Dallas ones? Sure. 
Um, so, so see, so even though, and and I suppose that's subjective experience. If I if I unpack the Hercules one for a brief moment, it's like, you know, where I say I was very lucky there is like I would almost say Hercules was t- tailor made for my fighting style because I came from grappling. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, the guys have never been on the ground. They're like fish and. One of the things was, is like, so firstly, I, I watched, uh, I was in Michiel's corner when he fought and obviously he got knocked out with that brutal elbow. But what yeah. people won't really remember about that fight was that, I mean, he won those first two rounds quite comfortably. You know, he took, he took Hercules down quite easily. And, you know, my mindset was this, is the thing I learned from that fight. And I can say that I, I built off, off Michiel's game plan. What, 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 what I figured out from Michiel's fight, and that's the power of information, is that Hercules? Firstly, okay, you you can uh, he's take you he, you can take him down. That's number one. And number two, don't give him an inch of space because if you give him an inch, he can finish you. And he would fire and, off the back, would leave his yeah. his lead foot at the back essentially. Yeah, and he'd be that's what I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, so that was that was my strategy then. You know, like it it really played out. Like uh, you know, it, 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 I couldn't have asked for a better fit in terms of. A championship fight to come back and if if i give you again an ironic thing when i was kind of unpacking my notes from going through my notes in my file like i remember a goal i set probably in about 2011 or so or even 2010 actually um and i said this my aim was i had two aims i said i want to win a main event and i wanted to win an international fight and with hercules for the first and only time in my career i did both of those things Every single time I fought in the main event, I lost. And only other previous international fight I had was against uh, Abdullah Hamdan, which I also lost. So in Hercules, I actually achieved my goal. And I think in hindsight, if I look at maybe the tail end of my career, that's maybe wise. I think my mind deep down said, listen, I achieved your goal. Like, what more do you want from me? And yeah, so anyway, that's a, that's a side note. But in terms of uh, favorite fights, um, well, most memorable I would fight. say, Yeah, mo- yeah most memorable. memorable. I would say probably Martin van Staden, actually. Um, so I was due to fight, uh, what's his name? Uh, Francois Kabulu. He's yeah. UFC 19, that was. Yeah, sure. And, you know, like, so, and I'll be honest with you, when I was if to fight France, I was like, oh, you know, like, okay, like, I'll do it. Like, it's not, it's not going to be a fun fight. It's going to be like a grinding. It's going to be an ugly fight, you know? Um, so, I mean, that's what EFC offered me. It's, it's what it was. And then Michiel, again, Michiel in the picture. Yeah, he, he basically, he was wrestling with Tumelo. And I think you guys can see that guy's a tank. And listen, he, yeah. he's, he, he injures guys left, right, and center. I'm sure you have those guys in the gym. You know, like, if you train with him, he's taken out this oak's many ribs and this guy's many ankles. <laughs> and you have those guys, you know. And basically, long story short, what happened there is that um, Michiel kind of went in for a shot. And Tumelo kind of reaped his front leg. So he went into like a splits. And he, his head went down and he tore his hamstring. And, you know, so the visualization, that's horrible. And anyway, so like, so basically on, I think, a week or if not a bit, maybe a bit more, but give or take a week, they said, listen, you know, you need to step up. And I'm like, to be honest with you, at that stage, Martin was coming with a lot of hype. And mm-hmm. I don't know if, and, and I don't know if I would have been ready to fight him off the bat. I don't think if they said, fight him three months before. Like, I think I would have been a bit tentative, but now it was like 10 days before. And it's like, 
you know, it's almost like you, you don't think too much. It's like, well, I'm training already. You're in fight camp mode. It's like whoever's coming is going to come. I'll be fine. And I remember what happened was is that, that December I'd been in India. Like I went on like a whole, I went in the Himalayas and I got very all Buddhist monkey. And like, you know, I, I was in a very, very good space. I was in a very, very clear space. And the thing that happened with, um, with the, the, the why I said it was memorable for me was that I was, I was getting a bit, obviously, just before the, before the walkout, I was getting a bit nervous. And I started feeling quite nauseous. And I started dry heaving. And eventually, I thought, listen, I've got my gloves on. And like, I, like, I need to go into Chanda. Like, and I need to go do this. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so what do I do? What do I do? I, so now I've got my gloves on. So guess what? Like, I can't put my finger down my throat because the glove's too bloody big. So I have to take, like, I had a bread knife with me that, like, a butter knife, you know. <laughs> you so, get that <laughs> Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I take this butter knife to the, bar, to the bathroom and I'm, I eventually I get myself to chunk. And, and, you know, like, I remember after that, like, because I said also, I was quite nervous about fighting Martin. And then, but I'd obviously held it under weight for a while. And that kind of like probably like 15 minutes before really came out. And, and then I, ch- I chanded and I felt great. And, you know, I think that you guys could probably relate to that. If, if, you, if after you chander, you feel pretty good. And after that, I remember I just walked out and I was, it was like it set me free. Like, and yeah, from there, I just remember that walkout, like everything. It was just, it was this, the smoothest fight I've ever had. Like just in terms of my performance, it was seamless. It was the, it was the greatest space I think I've ever found in there. And yeah, for that that reason, that I mean, and just to say why I can say even so is that I remember firstly he rocked me in the first round, and I I went with it. But then the thing was in the third round he he took me down and he landed in mount, and I remember not even being phased by it. Like it didn't even didn't even bother me. And I literally remember like a couple seconds later I literally just uh, I reversed him. You know, and, and I, if I look back at it, like I can't cognitively know what I did there, but the space I was in just, it's like whatever is going to happen, it was going to be good and, and I'll be okay with it. So, yeah. And, you, and you got the, and you got the W at the end of the night, which yeah. was even better yeah. <laughs> against a, a giant of MMA in South Africa. That's for sure. I mean, yeah. not that you aren't, but you know what I'm saying. Adam, yeah, listen, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I need to know, is, it, is there someone you look up to? I know Chris Bright has been someone you followed throughout your, your, your career leading up and, and you fought him in the end. But who yeah. did you sort of look up to um, with your eyes on, on the MMA scene in South Africa and in, in the UFC? So, okay, so starting locally, I remember I met Chris Bright. There was an event in, where was this place? Um close to like Eastgate, uh, Kensington, there was like a ba- Mandeville basketball court. Like uh, there was a fight there and I met Chris and it was like, it was, it was like my idol. And that was probably 2007, 2008. And, and yeah, I remember like just being inspired. Like, and you know, I think that's it. Uh, my fighting style is very similar to Chris Bright's. Um, but in terms of, yeah, who, who my real role model from South Africa really was, there was a guy called David Verges. Okay. Uh, just that may ring a bell to you, but he sure. um he literally he not, he he fought Chris Bright in the early early days I think 2004 or so and he 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 beat him with a he knocked him out to Tico in the second round so you know at that stage when I don't I think Chris had maybe lost one fight like that was really something to do and he basically had this sprawl and brawl style and he was a 
he was a really just a, he, he almost like I would say he's a South African version of like Nick Diaz. Um, and if I can tell you like a bit of a hectic story about him was that he he actually used to be a bouncer at a club called 88 in, in Joburg. And uh, he actually, he kicked some guys out the one night and they waited for him afterwards. And they, he actually, he got into a fight with them and they actually disemboweled him. And wow. Yeah. And long story short, he landed up going to Joburg Gen, you know, one of the public hospitals and, you know, he survived, but he said like it was a big scare for him. And from then he moved to Australia and he had a few fights there. And he actually, on a, on a funny note, the, the, the ultimate fighter series that Rob Whitaker won, he was yeah. actually one of the guys who got into the, the house, one of the contestants, he actually knocked the guy out a month before. Um, but basically, and just to tell you, this is how the industry works. It took me a long time to kind of accept this and understand it. But the reason that they didn't let him in the house was because the guy that he beat had a bigger social media following than him. And, yeah. you know... That, 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 that you know, does happen, eh? That is a real thing. It's a money-making uh, scenario. Not just in MMA. In jobs uh, where you're a candidate against someone else, if they've got more social media followers, they tend to lean towards that person. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you miss? So carry on. Um. So okay. Uh, and then so so then internationally, you know, like I'm quite old school traditionalist, like I said, and I think I've had I've had my gripes with where MMA kind of headed with the likes of Conor McGregor, but for me, fatal. You know, old school like that. Yeah. There's there's flaws and faults I can acknowledge, but for me, I'm saying from the get go, from when I first even started grappling way back in 2000 and for yeah fader was like my man and you know and for me i guess and that's another thing for me it's not just about his performance inside the ring but it's the way he carries himself you know i, I thought for him as well like in terms of like a laugh role model like he's a pretty hard guy to beat man like he's 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 respectable and you know i'd like to think that and like i said with the comments you gave of my fight with your experience with me in the game is like that's the kind of legacy i wanted to leave is that uh, my main mission was to show people you you can be a good fighter and you don't have to be a doer. Like that that that's yeah. cool. If anyone takes and you succeed. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Um, I'm going to bring up something that's a little bit contentious with Justin. Yeah. Um, speaking of, yeah, I'll ask your question first, and then I'll bring it, my one. It's it's so when you fought Chris Pratt, I judge yeah. your fight. Do you All think right, sure. you won? Do you think you won or do you think you lost? Or you, okay. No, no, no. Are you in agreement with the decision? So if I can tell you, okay, I'm going to give you a context of it, then I'll give you a binary yes or no answer straight afterwards. Um, oh, don't do so. Oh, no, no, we just got a little delay there. He's going to have to come back and say that again. But um, what I'm going to ask is, okay, let's see if we, yeah, yeah go yeah, back. Yeah, where I'm back. Yeah, just okay. repeat that. So, okay, so I'm just going to take you guys through a bit of a, a bit of a kind of personal kind of contextual, like my interpretation of my process in fighting. And so basically with Hercules, the one thing I remember doing there was it was probably the first fight that I said, I have to win this. Before then, my main thing was, had, had, and had always been and is always now, like put on a good fight. All, all, I, all, all that matters to me is that I put on a good fight and the guy that I fought knows that he was in a fight. That's all that matters to me, whatever... Whatever the outcome of that after that doesn't matter to me. Um, and with Hercules, I actually said, no, I have to win this. And I, I pushed myself very hard to the degree where I think it did 
lead to me kind of going through quite a bit of fatigue from comp- competing. And I actually had to go to a mental, like a mental coach uh, to to help me. His name's Tim Goodenough. Like you know, I never need something. Mm. He's really great sports He's performance outstanding. coach. Outstanding. And his name's Tim Goodenough. And what yeah. Yeah. That's his name. Yeah, yeah. yeah, literally, I know. I also thought it was a gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> and trust so me, he's good enough. The or the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the big thing that he said to me, like, so the big thing that he helped me do was reconnect to my passion. And the, the to give you a long story short of what the visualization for me was, is me farting and being in the arena and having some youngster, some 12 or 13 year old or whatever age, seeing my fight and seeing my performance and being inspired by it. And the passion of the real why, of why I do the sport. And so when I walked out against Chris, I have to be honest with you, like the decision didn't matter to me. It didn't matter to me what would happen. Like the fact was, is that I was grateful to be in there probably, and I knew it in my mind probably for the last time. I almost felt like this is the last little bit I have left to give. And, you know, that's it. That's all that matters to me. Like, I'm going to put in a good performance. I don't I don't, I don't care what happens after that. So, like, you know, even to me, like, decision, it, 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 it's, it's a non-factor for me. Um, on that side, you know, like, I think the big thing that if I was looking at it, it depends how you score it. So, I mean, technically he took me down in that first round. Nothing really happened from there, but he took me down and he did pass. He was past my legs. So if that was counted, it could be said that he could have won that first round. And in which case then it would have been because he definitely won the third round. So then it could have been two, three. Um, But I mean, I think also the scoring was odd because the one judge gave it 30, 20, and then the other two were 29, 28 terms. Yeah, like I said, for me, I, I don't, I don't allow my mind to really go there because, you no, know, I was like, I, like I said, I was just, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's what I was gonna yeah. say. <laughs> oh, sweet. Okay. I, no, see, now it's I can okay. be more frank. I saw you it see? for you, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I thought that for me, first round, I took him down. Second round, yeah, I mean, I knew second round was mine. And third round, I was happy to, yeah, I mean, that was probably the most touch-and-go round from our side. But, yeah, like, yeah, that's, like I said, for me, it, it, didn't, it didn't even feature in my life whether that was a win or a loss. And quite frankly, no one really treated, treated it any differently, you know. So no. it was no. one of those it, things. What was, was your it was, interpretation? It was two legends fighting. But the question yeah. is, you didn't give us, yeah. do you think you won or do you think you lost? I think I won. Thank you. I thought you were attacking more. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I saw it for you, and I'll never forget it being a contentious thing because Jason Bazodnote was the event rep at the time, and he came yes. around and he looked, and at the end, he, he obviously knew Vasco, and he tapped me on the shoulder, he said, bro, you got it right. Uh, and yes, <laughs> it's only opinion, but the, yeah. that's why we have three judges, but I did see it for you. Yeah. Well, thank um, you. Thank you, Justin. It means a lot, man. And if it, just to give it on a, another note of it, it was like, I think Sears was commentating on that part as well. And the one thing I liked was he, he spotted, he said it spot on. He said, these guys are just neutralizing each other. Like everything we did, just like, you know, nothing ever like yeah. really grabbed. It was just like, yeah, it was, in that way, it was a really funny fight, but it was and, really... And, and that's amazing because he's, he's old in the game, bro. He's been here a lot longer than you. 
Yeah. And you geez. were the young grasshopper coming up and able yeah. to meet him. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, and yeah. You're right. The result doesn't matter. And it's good right. to see that you're not defined by it. But it was awesome to see that he'd make a move, you'd make a move, you'd make a move, he'd make And it was. Chess, it was a chess match. It was. And it the was. thing is, just before Sears gets to his contentious, the contentious thing, <laughs> I, I haven't forgotten, you see. The, the other thing, if I'm honest, my, my kryptonite, and you could see it when I fought Costa Yonu, actually, even, even with Dallas, when, when Dallas beat me, was that the, uh, my, my weakness was takedown defense. Uh, I, I had my striking down. So the reason was because I, did, I was purely at a boxing gym and I did my wrestling and grappling separately. So because of that, my you takedown defense is pretty much non-existence. You know, if, yeah. if you timed it well, you'd take me down. That's what happened. That's what Costa did to me, you know. And, and the thing was, is that, and that's what showed, because that was the first part I, I changed. And so put it this way, if it was the old me fighting, Chris Pratt would have just taken me down and had a field day. It would have kept me on my back. It would have been a comfortable decision on his part, if not a submission, because he's very good from top. Um, yeah. And the thing was is that from CRT, I, I learned takedown defense and I learned how to keep a base. And, you know, I learned how to scramble out from, from, from the bottom. So in that case, like, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, for me again there, I saw a lot of progress in myself because, like I said, if, if previous Adam had to, a few fights before Adam had to fight Chris, like it, it, may, it probably would have gone the other way quite comfortably and it wouldn't have been a contentious issue. So, um, I like the, the segue there that you've given me, uh, Adam, for the contentious issue, speaking of which, <laughs> um, uh, I, you know, this, this year we've had, and um, unfortunately we are running out of time, but this year we've had two massive uh, retirements, uh, maybe even three, but the, the biggest ones have to be Khabib Nurmagomedov and of course Anderson Silva retiring from yeah. the UFC. Um, mm. Is there a stage in a fighter's career, and you alluded to the fact, where they just get that, I've only got so much left to give, like in your last fight against Chris Bright, do you think that's mm. a, a, a line that every single fighter, man, woman, will cross at some stage in their career where they go, I've only got this much left, that's all I can give right now? I mean, that, that, that's, you know, I'm Justin, jump in here too. Uh, I'll answer after. Um, because okay. I have an opinion sure. about that, and it's probably going to be different. Oh, well, maybe I don't know. Yeah, go ahead, Adam. Adam Jeffrey. Yeah. Um, so the big thing for me, and, and I can just tell you again from my subjective journey of it, and how I've interpreted it in my own life. And it's funny; it's one of those things you ask me this now, and you ask me in six months' time, I may have a different answer for you. Mm. But the thing for me that I saw is that okay, I remember that I came into fighting when it was a niche sport. For me, realistically, it was a student job that, you know, got my dad off my case. And then, you know, when it became this professionalization, I didn't really know what to do about that. So now for me, and I can tell you for me, my identity as a fighter was so big that it's almost like, well, if I'm not a fighter, like what am I? And it took me, and I can tell you, it's taken me a, a number of years after the fighting career to, 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 to work through that question. Um, but the thing to me, and, 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 it's, and, I, and, and again, yeah, to say that, it's, it's, a, it's an area that, trust me, the, the greatest of fighters have failed in is to know when to call the day. It's, 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 it's the kind of question, and I can give you a very nice analogy of it. Um, there's this, an extreme sport called free diving, where you hold your breath and you go down as deep as you can go. Sorry, yeah. that's a mosquito. Um, you got him. And what happens was is the guy basically says this. 
he says, you know, a lot of those guys actually land up dying because when is when is deep enough? You know, like how how much more can you go? When is it just like, you know, just one more fight? There's just one more guy to fight. And you know, the thing is, you've got people around you who are used to that dynamic, and you don't. You know, it's almost like the the question of afterwards is it's a very uncomfortable one, and you know, especially. The thing, fighting is a high. I can tell you for me, the, the high of fighting and the high of sport, I mean, you, Shiz, you and Justin, you guys know it because you've been around it. Like the high of that, it's almost like a fountain of youth. Like you're rather, you just see, like guys are just in there, like they're like boys, you know, like they play pranks and it's really such a youthful space. And, you know, to, to by, 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 by those standards, normal life will is almost like a letdown. It's like a... downgrade i can just say that from our side like i literally had to in my mind i said okay like i gotta apply my opponent now is life how do i win at life what do i define winning at life as because how many times you know these guys who are great great fighters but like you look at their lives 5 10 15 years down the line and it's sad it's a yeah. really really sad set of affairs and you know i think again like i'm very lucky that i had physio i had something else to start to build an identity off um and yeah so I, I hope that kind of answers the question but if i talk about specifically uh kabib you know i think the big thing to 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 bear in mind on that context is that you know he he comes from a different world he comes from a different world he's you know that's almost medieval like i'm saying mm. in terms of the mindset like where you know and that was a big thing when connor started mouthing off about uh, kabib you know is that you got to realize that when you insult mm. someone's father in that region of the world you, you like you basically you're putting him in a position where if he doesn't do something, he is seen as weak and he loses respect in the eyes of everyone else. And that honor system is it's life or death. If you don't have that, it can literally mean the sustenance of your family for generations to come. And it's a different, it's a different, it's a different mentality. And you know, for someone like Khabib, you know, like so for when he said like first year, obviously his father passing on and his, mm. his mother said one stop fighting, like that's he's he's serious about that this is not a this is not a joke for him this is not so when he like i said you know who knows what will happen in the future but i can tell you when he when he retired there he means that he meant that it wasn't media that. yeah yeah unlike that's unlike not, connor it's not is, a western is, world yeah unlike connor is going to fight poirier apparently next year mm. apparently yeah yeah, yeah so I, I don't know. I'll agree with you there, and I thought we were going to disagree, but uh, it's it's you all hit the nail on the head for me. Is that I've seen so many, and it's weird because I thought you, I was surprised by your retirement actually because I thought you had more in you, but you obviously know yourself a lot better than I know you. I've seen so many guys um, who push themselves, and and they, there's such a fine line between pushing your boundaries and knowing when enough is enough. And I see so many guys say. <clears throat> it's like they're in a toxic relationship and everyone else can see it except them. Like, yeah. dude, you guys yeah. are not good together. Like, it's run its course. No, but we fight, we'll make it work. And they have this love affair and a lot of people think that fighting is the only thing that they are and that it, that it, mm. that it is. They, if they are not fighters, they are nothing. And they need to realize that it is a very big part of you because it has to be because you dedicate your life to it and it is a life or death situation but it is not the only thing you do. And I mean, behind me is a sign, Mike Tyson glove. Um, oh, nice. I did it right. No, it's, yeah. all, it's all blurred out though. 
No, no, it's yeah. it's 100% real. I promise. Uh, okay. I promise. No, I know, I know that's your book. Pride and joy, that. Yeah, and I look at it and I go, I actually said to my missus, I said, babe, the fucking glove's gone down in, in value. She's like, wow. So I'm like, because, yes, I would never, I would be in awe of, I'd, I'd shake Mark Tyson's hand and he's a legend. I'm so sad that he's fighting Roy jo Jones Jr. this weekend because mm. it's clearly for money. It's clearly for the wrong reasons. Mm. Whereas money should never be the focus. It should be a byproduct. Do what you love and the money will come and the fame and all of that. But if you can't feed off it, and clearly you're doing that and it's not for the love of boxing. No. Secondly, no. how the hell are you going to stop an angry Mark Tyson from knocking anyone out? Oh, Good luck. Geez. That either, if that happens, it means the fixes in which I don't believe it is. But it's like I look at it and I go, how many guys are pushed too far? And this sport, you either have, you hang around long enough to be the villain or the victim. And yeah. you got to yeah. kind of know when you get into it and when you evolve as in life, you've got to have an exit strategy. And you've got to mm. get out. You've got to see yourself out the door instead of being escorted out at six in the morning. That's the only way I can explain it, and it's it's a very simple, simplified explanation. That, I don't know if you get what, and I, what actually, I'm saying. And actually, Anderson's a great example of that because you yeah. know, can I give you the irony of Anderson Silva? Yeah, he's and not retired. Know, like he you, didn't retire. He got retired from the UFC. He said he'll still fight. That's what yeah. breaks my heart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, he's right. He's re it was his last contract uh, fight contract with the 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 UFC, and he's. Been retired by the UFC essentially, and it's it's sad. You never want to be in a position where someone decides your future for you. You don't want to be in that position. Yeah. Mm. Um, gent, gents, we don't have a lot of time left. Um, very quickly, uh, Adam, if uh, you'll uh, allow us, we'd love to tap sure. into your 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 brain. This weekend, it's the top five. Uh, you know, some of the top five heavyweights are throwing down. Curtis Blades, Derek Lewis. Mm. I mean that that someone's going to sleep very much like the Tyson fight, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, I think I think Derek's maybe I I can't decide yet if Derek's learned how to pace himself and he waits for he's he's good in the later rounds, or if he started to maybe lose a bit of that hunger. I can't I haven't decided what that is yet. But Curtis is hungry, man. Like I think it's gonna be very much <clears throat> Curtis pushing the pace and and Derek hanging back. Um, and yeah, I mean, if, if I have to call that, I would go just purely on the fact of who wants it more. I feel deep, deep down, I would go with Curtis, man. Like, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't tasted that top level championship yet. And I think that, mm. you know, when you've been at the top level for as long as someone like Derek Lewis has, you can get a bit long in the tooth. And, you know, I think that's the same thing that happened to with uh, Ferguson when he fought Gaethje. And, you know, that that's my opinion of how that will play out this weekend. Big J. I, I, I agree with Curtis uh, winning. I just think Derek Lewis doesn't take himself seriously. Uh, too jovial. <laughs> and it might be a show, but I'm just like, drop the weight, bro. Like, you're getting paid to do this. Like, you're not an armchair mm -hmm. critic like me. Like, as much as I don't have a right to say anything, I do. Uh, but I can have a fat belly because I've got nothing to prove. You don't. You you should put yourself in the best position to win, and he kind of does it. Uh, yeah. mm -hmm. Let's hope it's a show, but I, I agree. Curtis is... Is hungrier, I think. Yeah. Mm. And that's my. Uh, lastly, gentlemen, um, just in now on the, the UFC website, we've got 12th of December's UFC 256. 
that's been confirmed. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen who's on the card there, but we got Davidson uh, Figueroa, who was uh, outstanding this weekend. He just showed he is sure. a proper killer up against Brandon yeah. Moreno because he was calling him out afterwards. That's the main yeah. event, flyweight title bout. And then you've got Tony Ferguson against Charles Oliveira in a lightweight bout. What do you two make of, of those two matchups? Sure. Uh, as, as, honestly, that's news to me because three days ago they had lost two title fights and they didn't have a main event. So this is this is news. Uh, I can't give you an honest answer because I haven't processed it yet. Yeah, so how's that? <laughs> <laughs> Next time on MMA and Cage, we'll talk about cost. it. Let's be honest, yeah. it's a great cast. It's, it's yeah, on it paper, is. cracker, but will it deliver? I don't know. I haven't studied it yet. Yeah, no, it's interesting. So who is uh, right, he's yeah, the flyweight yeah, yeah, champion? Yeah, Okay, Adam, you weighed in uh, on uh, your final thoughts uh, just on that 2F, uh, 256 yeah. card or main event. Okay, so, I mean, yeah, look, at, yeah, I mean, Figueredo is, I mean, he, he it's, it's amazing. He's, he's kept that aggression despite, despite being that experienced, you know, I mean, to have two first-round finishes. And, I mean, yeah, that obviously explains the turnaround time. So, I think he's on quite a tear. Um, yeah, I mean... Has and I think the thing is also he's he's a passionate fighter. I think you find that about a lot of the Brazilians. They almost you know, and I think you'll know this from the cricket game. Like it reminds me of Zahir Khan. They say with him, if you like, re, if he, if he taunted you and you responded, that that built him up. You almost had to like cool him down, and then he would actually struggle. And I think that Figueiredo is the same kind of guy. If you're feeding into that like wild like uh emotiveness, like put it this way, either it's going to be it's like one thing for sure, it's going to be a hell of a humdinger. But mm-hmm. like sure thing, like I, I see Figueroa like rising to that, like that that that's his game. That's 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 the space that he likes to occupy. And if he's got an opponent that's bringing that in, yeah, that's that's his home territory. Um, in terms of Ferguson and Oliveira, sure, man, that's an exciting. That that's that's, that's got cool. my mouth watering. Cool. Yeah. Um, I... Sure. Uh, I think there. So again, there. What I saw with and and again, just to 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 be fair to um, to Tony is like. I really felt sorry for him that he had to fight Gaethje because it's like, basically, if he beat Gaethje, he stayed exactly where he was, which was number one contender to fight Khabib for the umpteenth time to be scheduled time. Yeah. And, and you know, like Gaethje had everything. So, like, you know, obviously, and I mean, I think especially because he was just about to fight Khabib, he was on the cusp of finally reaching the apex of his career to finally, to almost have it, like, taken away and be like, oh, hey, just fight this guy first, sorry. You know, yeah, I think it just I think that took a lot of him, especially being at that high that high high level. And he has that high high level of competing. Like I said, it creates a bit of wariness. But I think the thing here, now that he's maybe tasted that defeat, you know, and um uh Justin can weigh him on this as well. And you also see it's like it's always interesting to see a guy who's bouncing but how they respond after a loss. It's it's it could go either way. You know, break yeah. break. it's and and I think there, look, and against Charles Oliveira, man, like what I do think is nice about this is that that's a that's an exciting fight. Like that, like if I'm thinking of it, like that's an, an occasion to rise to because Charles Oliveira is not a slouch. Yes, he's not Khabib, and yes, he doesn't hold the belt, mm. but like a win over him really does mean something. And that I think for someone like Tony, it's like it's the perfect fight for him to really rise to the occasion. Um, yeah, how that's going to play out, oof. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to say I'll back, I think I'll, I'm going to back, uh, uh, Tony's slipperiness over Oliveira's control. And yeah, I see it either going, uh, 
decision or at the very least probably like a Tico round three. I mean, yeah, that's my call. Well, that's very interesting. Adam Speechy, just... It's, it's been incredible. Like having a chat with, with yeah. a former <laughs> champion fighter who's taken a beating and it, I, I feel like I've been schooled um, in a different level. Obviously, you'd know more about the sport of MMA than I would, but I have a different expertise in MMA. And to sit and watch you analyze things and how you see things that has really been for refreshing. And reminiscing, I must tell you about, it gives me goosebumps, reminiscing about days of old and uh, sure. interacting with you from way back when to now. It's, it felt like a reunion uh, and it has come at a great time. It's been a, it's been a hard week and, uh, sure. and it's only a way. But it, it's, been, <laughs> it's been so refreshing and uh, revitalizing for my love for the sport. People like you are amazing. No, you mustn't go anywhere, bro. Uh, thank I you, and I mean, just to finish on that is like, you know, that's one thing I always notice. Like, you know, only people who've been in that, you know, the 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 grassroots of the industry. When back in the day, when it was a niche sport, when people didn't do it for money, it was a different world. You can't explain that to someone. You can't give someone that experience. Like, you can only relate to people who've actually been there and they know it. You can just tell when you speak to them. It's like you said, man. It's it's like it's it just confirms like you weren't crazy. Like that actually happened. Like things were crazy like that. And uh, yeah. if I can leave you with the last little bit of reading, there's on Sherdog, there's something called Tales from the Road. They've got uh, um, Bass Rutten and Frank yeah. Shamrock. Dude, it's crazy. Like you hear about the stuff they were doing in Japan, like climbing out <laughs> of hotel rooms back in the day when the windows on the top floor were allowed to be open, like crazy stuff, man. And yeah, like I said, there was something very raw about those days. You know what? Because there was no red tape. Like everyone just... It was trying to figure it out, and 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 the pioneers. That's where you have respect for the pioneers because there no one knew how to do anything. You know, like everyone was taking a shot in the dark, and that's that's the beauty of of that time. And yeah, it's uh, you were a part of it as much for me as as I was for you. And like yeah, thank you for that, man. It's really an honor. And well, yeah, Adam Speechy, if uh, there was a Hall of Fame, uh, you'd certainly get my vote uh, for a Hall of Famer. That's for sure. You've been an absolute gentleman. Um, I look forward to continuing our friendship, our love for our beleaguered football club in the northeast of England. And Ooh, uh, I wish go. you <laughs> and I wish you all the best in uh, in your journey. And, and you've been a, a, an inspiration to us all. It's been a, it's been an honor to call and watch your fights. And and yeah, man, uh, we'll definitely stay in touch and have you on the show again uh, in the near future. Thank you. Always an honor to share it with two Durbanites, because let's be honest, that is the that is um, the birthplace of MMA in South Africa. Correct. So there we go. I think we'll leave it on that. Adam Speechley, thank you very much for your time. Justin Ferrier, as always, thank you. And uh, remember to follow us uh, at MMA Uncaged. Of course, proudly brought to you by Ginger Fox Coffee, guaranteed to make you as clever as a fox. We'll catch you again next time. Thanks for listening and watching. And like and subscribe. Myself to the easy ear. Y'all are beneath them speeds and slides are overhead. Better check the air. This is our clear and heat it. Really, I've never been better. Yeah. All the more times I've been seven. I'm real. Think about time for a toast. Yeah. Y'all were just leaving at no rev.